0: You can monetize your podcast, but should you? And if you do, does it need to be through ads? Probably not. That's what we're talking about today on Sounds Profitable with me, Arielle Nissenblatt.
1: And me, Brian Barletta.
0: Thanks to Magellan AI for sponsoring this article. Monetizing your podcast doesn't have to be hard. Magellan AI can show you how to put your show in front of top advertisers. Go to Magellan.ai for more details. Brian, Barletta, quick, don't think too much about it. What is the best host read podcast ad that you've heard in the past week?
1: Uh, I'm going to say that it was the Hooked on Phonics ad that I heard from Wow in the World. We're re-listening to a bunch of them that are already downloaded on my phone. So I don't know when that came out. But that is probably my most recently listened to podcast with my son. And it was really neat. It was like, parents, you might remember Hooked on Phonics from when you were a kid. And I was like, I sure do. Never (laughs) bought it, but I definitely remember it. Uh, it stuck out a lot. My son asked me what it was. You know, we pulled up the old commercials to watch them and Aww. it was kind of interesting.
0: See, ads open up a whole bunch of conversations. I love that.
1: I think especially like as we're getting older, nostalgia is such a big playing point and everything's coming back. What did I just uh, Winamp is coming back? Like the old media player. And you know, immediately I clicked on the link and I was like, Yeah, sign up for the beta. Like, I have any local audio files that I listen to on my computer and I'm not just streaming everything. It's it's so interesting how ads and how these things can get us, especially if they hit on nostalgia, for me at least.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I asked that question about host Red ads because I want to start doing something on Twitter where every week we ask people to share the best host Red ads that they've heard that week. So this is just a little teaser for that. And listeners, stay tuned and follow at SoundsProfNews for more on that. Okay. So Albin Brook of Buzzsprout is on the show today. He is one of the smartest data people that I know in podcasting. He shares a lot of incredible resources and he puts out incredible tweet threads on stuff that podcast publishers should know, such as, should you put your podcast on Facebook? How should you create great cover art? And a lot more Albin is actually a good friend of mine. We met at podcast movement before the world shut down in LA. Did you know that?
1: I didn't know that you guys met.
0: We had the best meeting ever. I was sitting charging my phone and he came up to me and he was like, are you Ariel? And I was like, are you Albin?" And then we went out to dinner and we met somebody from the Japanese government who represented a beer. And then she bought us a round of beers. It was lovely. We had a great time also with, wow. h- with his colleague, John Pollard. It was lovely.
1: That's awesome.
0: The before times were good.
1: No, I didn't know you met. And I, I, my favorite part about that is the fact that we were all there together and I didn't meet either of you.
0: I didn't realize you were there. I think. Yeah,
1: I was I a was, I was super secret megaphone man at the time. <laughs> and oh. so I met with I met with Evo and James there for the first time. That's wow. kind of what kicked off like the introduction that led to Sounds Profitable. Wow. I, I agree with you. Albin is so cool. And what I really like about it and why I continue to talk with him and highlight his stuff is that Buzzsprout doesn't have built-in monetization. And yet Albin understands the value of creators making money.
0: And he's really good at talking you through why having built-in monetization is not for Buzzsprout right now.
1: Yeah. And he he's all about educating as much as possible. He shares such interesting things. And he always wants to learn. We did a session where where he just picked my brain about ad tech. And it was just really cool to go through all of it with him. And the other thing is that they put out such good data. And he does a really good job of saying that this is Buzzsprout data. But all of you that read this, and all of you should be following him. You should be reading his data because it helps basically any argument you're trying to make in podcasting. It is Buzzsprout data. And Buzzsprout tailors to a different audience. They have, I believe they're the largest podcast host by podcasts right now, which is super cool. But that's going to be different than the podcast host that does the most ad sales. Right. So we got to keep these things in mind. It's not a knock in any way. I'm always super impressed by them, but they do a good job of highlighting their data is about them. When you share their data, make sure that you you highlight that too before you you accidentally misquote something.
0: Right. What Brian's saying is that they're they're not speaking about podcasters on the whole. They're speaking about Buzzsprout podcasters, Yeah. Albin is here to discuss the article that you wrote a few weeks ago from October called Spotify is making anchor a serious advertising channel. But he is really here to talk about monetization and more so when is the right time for podcasters to attempt to monetize their content, if ever, which I really liked. I will just preface this interview by saying that this is required listening for anybody who is thinking about trying to make money from their podcasts or anybody who thinks that they should be making more money from their podcasts. So, Brian, why don't you set us up? How did you get in touch with Albin? And why did you think of him for this subject?
1: Well, Buzzsprout is, to me, they're on the same level of, as Anchor, right? They're that entry level to growth potential hosting platform. And I think that that's really cool. And they're able to capture so many interested podcasters without offering monetization. Anchor's main draw now is that it's free and that it offers monetization, while Buzzsprout is a paid product that does it. But they're capturing that entry level to growing podcaster. And I mean, I I don't think there's any reason why outside of dynamic ad insertion that they couldn't be used for enterprise. That was just the right appeal, right? As this article is kind of split in two sides, I'm going to have Dane Cardiel of Gumball come on to talk about the buyer side of it. But Albin and Buzzsprout stand to gain a lot of benefit from Anchor bringing podcasters in, from people who say, This is neat, but I want more controls. I want more creator controls. I want to own it myself. I want to understand the intricacies of it and a free tool that's kind of guiding me towards advertising, just filling it with dynamic ads doesn't fit what I want to do. So he was the obvious choice for me to dig into that. And then, yes, I pulled every string I had and just DM'd him on Twitter and said, Hey, uh, I need to record a podcast because uh, I'm uh, I'm out of my back catalog. Are you available for an interview? And he no. made time right <laughs> away, which is super cool. It's, <laughs> it's very neat how great the community is in podcasting at basically any level that if you have a really good reason to have a conversation, I don't think many people are going to say no.
0: No, absolutely not. So let's get into your conversation with Albin, who is head of marketing at Buzzsprout.
1: Anchor had a big announcement, I guess all of Spotify really did, about monetization. And I split the announcement into two articles. And for me, I really wanted to focus on the publisher side and the advertiser side. And I thought, who better to talk to than you for uh, onboarding new podcasters and, and building them into a business? Because I'm so amazed by what Buzzsprout has managed to accomplish in being a great entry point and being a great growth partner for so many podcasters without having a major built-in monetization solution i think every one of your peers almost every one of your peers at one point or another has added monetization built in has done small partnerships that have grown into bigger and bigger partnerships but buzzsprout continues to grow in size while saying that monetization isn't something that you currently at least offer and that's really impressive so albin thank you so much for joining me let's let's dive into it like when someone wants to be a podcaster and they're going
2: to take it seriously as a business like what do they really need to know all right so i love the way you frame that question when they want to take it seriously as a business what do they need to know you know the posture that we've always had is That for a lot of podcasters, taking their podcast seriously does not always mean running advertisements and monetization does not always mean running advertisements. Our entry into podcasting was by working with nonprofits, NGOs, and churches and companies. And when we did that, all of those groups already have their mission and their why and the kind of like business plan kind of, it's all built in. If you're a nonprofit, you don't need to run a MeUndies ad in the middle of your you know, talk about your nonprofit because you're obviously asking, hey, come on board with us and work with us. And so I think that made it very clear to us that running ads was not the only solution to taking your podcast seriously. So that's the first thing that we often stress for podcasters. And the second piece of that is that often taking your podcast seriously, it may not even be the right pick for you. You may be somebody who really what it is, is that it's an excuse uh, that maybe you started during the lockdowns to talk to some of your best friends from college and you kind of, you go over the comic books that you really enjoy or the YouTube channels that you all think are hilarious. And maybe it's more of a passion project, something you enjoy. Not everything in life has to be monetized. And so I think that's one of the, maybe the two things I tell podcasters early on, this is probably not going to be your full-time gig at some point. If it is going to be a business venture, it doesn't have to be done through the advertisement side. And it's okay to have some things in life that are really just for you to have fun.
1: Yeah. It's so easy to forget that like how close podcasting is and starting a podcast is to like starting an Instagram mm-hmm. page just for yourself. Right. I got two young kids. You have kids as well. And taking pictures of your family and your kids and spending time with the phone's editing features and making it really pop and look cool and getting all those likes can be cool, right? It can be neat. And a a podcast doesn't have to be more than that. It can just be your creative outlet. Like I am not great at photography. I'm not great at drawing. I'm not great at video editing, but being able to talk into a mic and ask smart questions and then pass it over to a friend who is way better at chopping it up than I am, That's an that's just an output, and it's fun for me, and I'm glad people enjoy it. But I'm not entitled to anything. I'm not entitled to people finding it. It's not going to organically grow. It is either something I just do for fun, or it can be part of your business funnel. And then the people who are really creative, who can treat it like a career, like a professional, right? In the same way that you would do like a a small film shoot or a short or something that you would do spec art or anything like that. Those people are in a Different position, and mm-hmm. and sometimes I I believe that calling all of this podcasting kind of does it a disservice. That this right here is in the same category
2: as a show from Q Code. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's good to differentiate. The business model is not the same as the medium. The medium is podcasting. Yes, it's this these audio files that um, depending on how strict you want to be, if is it distributed by an RSS feed or is just an audio file being given out in serial format. Uh, The business models are really, really different. And so, you know, kind of like you said for a long time, Buzzsprout has said, we're not super interested in just doing this, dropping tons of unknown ads into podcasts. Yeah. Um, And kind of for the reasons that we've gone through, you know, before we worked mostly with uh, individuals and companies and brands that that was not their primary focus. And it also is, you know, it's a lot of work to put in to build something like that in a really good way. And so uh, something we have definitely have held off on for a few years.
1: Yeah. And I think I like that you split up monetization because everybody defaults to ads. So like, first off, if your show is just starting out, it's no problem to just do baked in ads. It's no problem to do a sponsored episode. That's stuff that you have in control that you don't need any technology to do. And, but everybody wants the best. I mean, I, I'm a sucker for that. I don't think I have the right TV for the Xbox Series X that I bought, and I could have saved a <laughs> few bucks on the the Series S. But I want the biggest. I want the iPad Pro. I'm gonna be a professional. Let's let's go right to the top. But you can you can get started today on anything. You can put it in there. You can always change. You can re-edit the episodes. You can uh, migrate to another hosting platform. But Like you said, there's a lot of people that you're working with that their goal isn't to advertise in their show. Their show might be an advertisement. It might be another funnel into something else they're doing. It might be representing their brand entirely. It might be just branded content for themselves. Um, And then, I mean, you get into subscriptions, you get into tips and all of these other things. Monetization's vast, and we don't need to just think about advertisements, but advertisements tends to be the thing that says... I just want to get a check. Mm-hmm. I want to put the content out there. And by pure luck, I want to hit the minimum numbers for a check to be sent to me by Spotify after 50 people every episode for 20 episodes listen to me. I want to get a $15 check so I can go buy two coffees. Uh, because I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what most <laughs> coffee costs now after tip and everything. And yeah, I, that model doesn't work for everybody. And I really like that you're... You're so clear on that. So a lot of the publishers on Buzzsprout fit into that category where their content is output. They don't want to
2: share that stage with someone else. Is that accurate? Well, that is, but then you also have people who are running ads themselves. So we had a conversation offline at one point where you started to explain to me, well, somebody buys an ad here and then there's a reseller and then there's someone in the middle. And by the time that it's landed a check, in the podcaster's pocket, we could be looking at a third of the CPN that the uh, brand actually spent at the yeah. beginning. So it may have been like $25 and now it's $8 or something when it's showing up in the podcaster's pocket. One thing that we are able to do is build really good tools for podcasters and then step aside and say, hey, you're able to use this in whichever way you would like. So dynamic content, dynamic descriptions are all built so that people can drop ads into their podcast. They can drop links into all of their show notes very easily. You can sell those ads yourself and keep 100% of the profit from yeah. it um, rather than having Buzzsprout and 12 other companies intermediate that relationship. I think the problem
1: that, that I, I've always seen is that there's You know, just because you can talk into a mic, you could be super entertaining talking about comic books with your friend and hit it off, but you might not know how to approach an advertiser, right? You might not know how to source all of that and get that set up. That can be overwhelming. They have specific terms, yada, yada. At the end of the day, like I don't edit my podcast. Someone made a comment about like how difficult it is to edit and like good on me. And I was like, no, Ian does literally all of that. I've never edited a single audio file because I know that's not what I'm good at, but I am good at the business side. So I think a lot of people make that assumption, but I've always believed that the podcaster that can represent themselves fully and that can set their own terms and really sell their media to advertisers is going to win the most. And you're super right. I'm I'm bullish on audience insight tools, right, that represent like what is the makeup of your audience. I'm bullish on anything where uh, an advertiser can see the overview of the podcast overall and be able to say, I want to buy that show in its entirety. And then the publisher can set those rates, can set that deal. It's more of a sponsorship. Selling on an impression is about the listener. Selling on a sponsorship, selling on a bigger agreement is about the show. Mm. And every time, 10 out of 10 times, the podcaster will win by being able to sell their show. It's just a skill set that you can't, like there's not even like a college course for that. Like I don't even know, I learned it by being around in and around ad sales. And I don't know how someone who just has a runaway show would
2: even be able to figure that out. So taking this back to the article that you wrote, I think that is probably the biggest positive to what Anchor announced by allowing really, really young and small podcasts to start running some ads because that really is, I think for people who are just solely creatives, kind of a terrifying experience. Um, You know, that's, you kind of are hitting on like what the market does really well, which is some people love being master of their own domain. They edit their show, they master their show, they upload it, and then they source all the ads and they do everything. Um, and they get to keep all the profit there, but they're also doing a ton of work. And there's some yeah. people like yourself who say, okay, I don't love the editing. I may not even be great at it. And I found someone who I can partner with Um, and shout out to Ian and they <laughs> can do a much better job with that. So I think that's a, you know, a great thing for people to be able to have all of these options. And I think the anchor option is I think going to be good. It may be training and helping a few podcasters learn. Okay, maybe this is like the beginning of what um, podcast advertisements look like. The route that we've always um, recommended is for really young podcasters. You don't need the permission structure to start running some type of, and I'm using air quotes here, advertisements. You can go and say, you know, I personally, my podcast is about horses and there's this really great bridal company and they actually have an affiliate program and I love the product so why don't I just start talking about it and say use my affiliate code you're getting paid in a different way you're not being paid per impression but if you're doing a good job selling it and it's related to your podcast you can probably make more money and at least get into the habit of okay now I'm understanding what it feels like to represent a brand early on in my podcasting journey. Yeah,
1: I and I agree with you, it's, it's all that training. And as you were saying that, it made me think of like the, the employee versus the entrepreneur mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you need to figure out how to get started and just quote unquote, collect a paycheck today, there are plenty of solutions out there that you can plug in and you can get ads. Spotify's offering with Anchor is the lowest barrier for entry But that doesn't mean that you get a paycheck right away, right? 20 episodes is a month or five days a week, right? You're doing five episodes a week, 20 episodes a month, and all 50 listeners are still hanging on for $15. It's a (laughs) lot of work. And you got to assume at that point, you don't have the bandwidth to pay somebody else. But once you get that bug, once you find that value, then you can say, well, I want to do this more. I want to dig into it myself. I want to sell an entire episode. I want to sell an entire season. I want to do what you said. The affiliate link thing is really interesting. I feel like we talked about that a long time ago in podcasting, and then it went away for the CPM model. I know Influencer Bridge represents, what is it, Audible? And it's like, I think getting someone to sign up for an Audible free trial
2: through InfluencerBridge gets you $15. Wow. That's crazy, right? So talk about it 20 times uh, to your 50 listeners. And if one of those people go, all right, fine. I keep hearing about these great audio books. Same Uh, amount of money. Yeah.
1: And you get in that situation. It's something you can relate to because ideally in the CPA, the cost per acquisition model, you like the product, right? right? It's something that you relate to. Growing from a podcaster into a business is not a clear path. I don't even know if it is a path. It's an option. I think you have the right mindset that like, this is a tool. This is the same way that creating a website or a newsletter can be a tool. Creating an Instagram to show off cool pictures of places you've gone can be enjoyable. Like you need to figure out what your purpose is. And if the goal is to make money, then you better have a a rockstar team and you better be starting off by selling concepts to to iHeart and Spotify directly
2: instead of trying to uh, build it from the ground up in a new industry. Yeah. I think that's a great point. I think this might have come from an old book called like the E-Myth Revisited about some people really should not be entrepreneurs. It's a lot harder than you can imagine. And we really do have this pretty wonderful thing called employment, where if (laughs) you don't want to deal with all of the pain, you can let somebody else deal with it. They will get the upside if the business works, but the thing you get is stability quickly. And yeah, I think a lot of times podcasting can be sold sometimes by podcast coaches who've turned podcasting into actually a business for themselves. They sell it as you're going to start monetizing very quickly. You're going to make a lot of money and this is your path to be your own boss. And I think that's honestly a myth that is true for the top 0.5% of podcasters. It's not 1%. It's a very top little bit. And even then, it might be less than what you could be making, you know, working your day job. And so I always like when we start talking about monetization, I always want to be honest and put that out there that it really is, you know, it, it kind of hurts when you hear stories of someone who's putting a lot of work into a show and they're saying, when am, when am I going to start seeing the money roll in? And you're going, oh, if that's the you know, the thing that's brought you to this industry, this isn't a passion project. This isn't something you enjoy. This is you trying to escape a nine to five that isn't working for you. Podcasting is probably one of the, you know, the lower end sides of, oh, I'm trying to move on. It's not yeah. going to be the way for you to do that.
1: And you hit on something really interesting, that 0.5%, right? What percent of that 0.5% do you think is like actually like one or two people hitting it big, right? Like uh, armchair experts, how many people worked on that show, right? We we just right. think of, of the two hosts of it and it's sold to Spotify, but he's not an idiot. He, like both of them, aren't they? They invested in it like a business. They built out the studio. They have editors and producers and every role title that is appropriate in a business. They didn't start a podcast. They start a business that produced podcasts. You look at Jack Resider from darknet diaries yeah. and he even has people on his team right it's and he's hiring more right so when you are growing it maybe there's still a little bit of room for you to be putting out something that's so unique and exciting that it it catches on virally but more often than not you probably had to run ads you probably had to buy spots in other shows you had to put effort into marketing so that's either outsourcing or doing it yourself which Kudos to you if you can both create an awesome show single-handedly through editing, uh, production, all of that, and then you can market it, then you're a unicorn. And then as it grows, right, you got to have somebody still make the show and somebody has to still market it. And then you have to throw more and more into it. You have to have these business conversations. So it very quickly moves away from, but I would I would say that that 0.5% is a very trivial amount of that 0.5% is like a
2: one or two person shop. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good way of putting it. I mean, just to give people some numbers to kind of wrap your mind around it, the top 1% of podcasts on Buzzsprout uh, average 4,000 plays. So if you're getting 4,000 plays per episode in the first week, then you're in the top 1% of podcasts on Buzzsprout. And so if you're putting four ads in eight episodes and you're getting a $25 CPM and you're in that top 1%, we're looking at thirty two hundred dollars a month yeah and now if we have two three people on there that's not a you know livable no. wage <laughs> it sure and, is not And that's for the people who are you know sticking to it and really focused and probably doing the tough marketing and putting their um, everything behind the podcast to get to that top one percent so i think that's one of the reasons that uh, when it gets to monetization conversations i want to have the tough one early to Be honest with people saying, hey, there is a 0.01% that are absolutely crushing it. So a lot of these Q Code, This American Life, and Joe Rogan's and Spotify exclusives, there's some of these shows that are just doing incredibly well. And they have teams, and they've been doing it for six years, and they're really putting their heart and soul into these shows. And we all see those because they're the biggest shows. Yeah. And we can easily forget that there is a mass amount of people who are putting in a lot of work and they're doing it more for this is something I really care about and something I'm very passionate about. And I love teaching people and the outlet happens to be the medium of podcasting. And that's smart. Buzzsprout puts out
1: such amazing data. Everybody should be checking it out. Alvin makes it very clear and other people tend to leave it out that this is data about Buzzsprout. And remember that when you're looking at it, but Buzzsprout has a a lot, a lot of podcasts in this space. You're definitely one of the largest podcast hosts in this space by volume. And I think that that is so cool. Such a great example there where you said to be in the top 1%, it's around 4,000 downloads per episode. That means that whenever somebody says like, hey, help us out with monetization, you can show why it wouldn't even be valuable for you to put your efforts directly in there instead you're focusing on educating you're focusing on providing resources and connections and you're focused on providing better analytics for them to represent themselves and empower themselves so i think that's really cool because that means that you're really showing them that this is a place where you're not going to get a paycheck it's not it's not plug it in like anchor and get a paycheck which will work for some it is a place where you want to be an entrepreneur with the podcast or the podcast serves a different function than just getting money out of it and for a lot of people, a lot more than we talk about on Sounds Profitable, that's what podcasting is. And that's awesome that people are creating content just to be enjoyed or to to scratch a niche on their end. So I thank you so much for joining me. I'm positive we're going to have you back. I love all the data and all the education that BuzzPro puts out. And I seriously mean it. Everybody should be listening to uh, the Buzzcast and everybody should be checking out all of the
2: data that you put out. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate it.
0: Brian, as always, loved your chat. Albin is such a great guest. Um, And I'm not biased just because he's a good friend of mine. I am biased. Everything that the two of you talk about is spot on. We start podcasts. People start podcasts for many reasons. Some for branded content, some for fun with friends. Sometimes it's a passion project. And not all of the above need to be monetized. And that is okay. Yeah. (laughs) I, I really think that Albin hit that really hard and that some people need to hear that. And even if they are monetized, they don't need to be monetized through ads. I really liked what he talked about for affiliate links. And that is echoed everywhere in the podcasting space. I was just editing an episode of the Squadcast podcast between Rockefeller and Crystal Profit. Crystal started out advertising on her podcast, not through traditional ads, but through just looking for affiliate codes for products that she likes that fit with her content. And she started it that way. And that got her listeners used to her shilling for a product, essentially. And then eventually, maybe she transitions to traditional host red ads, and maybe she doesn't. But that's a way to monetize. And I really like that Albin brought that up.
1: Yeah, I like I like the affiliate thing. I'm a big fan of it. And I'm gonna give a plug for it because I think it's a really smart thing. But Squadcast actually does an affiliate program. And you know, we'll put a link to that in the episode show notes. I I think figuring out ways to talk about products and talk about advertisements that you like and getting your audience used to it is really powerful. So having the Squadcast one in there, Influencer Bridge is another one that does that. They do like it's like $15 if you get people to sign up for Audible. I I know we all listen to tons of podcasts, but I'm sure you listen to audiobooks or you have like 20 books you can reference, record all those ads, put them in there and just have it in there. And if somebody you're just like, hey, I love this. And if you love hearing me talk about Dungeons and Dragons, you're going to love this book that I read about Dungeons and Dragons. And, you know, it's really going to resonate. And then you just see how it goes. You get people comfortable with it or uh, promos. Right. Like, give us a quick promo for the Squadcast podcast. Zach and Rock are really passionate about podcasting and their recording technology. And to me, that's like a a really cool place. So, you know, instead of an ad, like you can just talk about all these things. You can just fill that spot. You mean
0: just giving a chat? Yeah. 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 So so what I call that is creative integration.
1: Ooh, creative integration. Look at all these fancy terms. That's great. But if you're if you're passionate about it, right, it translates. Right. And that's what you're trying to do is get people used to the fact that you're passionate. If people are listening to boring podcasts from unpassionate people, then the ads are never going to land, right? right? So I I don't know. I'm I'm a big fan of that. I hope that everything that I talk about here, even one person checks it out and becomes as excited as I am. Yeah. Because then to me that that works, right? Like I might not be driving 10% conversion on anything like that, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. I was just on a podcast called The Earfluence Podcast. It just came out this week and it was about a tweet that I put out a few months ago that said I don't know who needs to hear this, but you can monetize your podcast when it is when you have less than 10,000 downloads. And the truth is, that's exactly what you talked about with Albin here. You can monetize, but should you? Maybe not. I yeah. think people are obsessed with the possibility of making money. When I kind of treated a podcast that I did during the pandemic called Counterprogramming as like an extracurricular activity. My co-host Shira and I did the math on it afterwards, and we learned that... We ended up losing about $800. Even with the money that we made, we lost $800. And we thought, you know what? That's like taking a pottery class at the YMCA. So Did fine. You have fun? Fine with us. We had a good time. We elevated our profile. She's an aspiring comedian, I'm a podcaster, I work in the podcast space. It was ultimately good for us. We built ourselves up. We spent $800. It is what it is. That's okay.
1: Yeah. It's super okay. And and like Sounds profitable. Okay. I'm going to, I want to share this stat here for everyone. Sounds profitable has, we're at like 16,000, maybe 17,000 total downloads. That's it. And it's monetized, but it's monetized in different ways. And it's part of a funnel and it's all these things. Like, I think that you just got to think outside the box because when you think inside the box, it's, it's like a, it's a conveyor belt. It's a, it's a streamlined production process. You take it or leave it. And so if you make it your own and just either have fun with it, or figure out exactly what fits for you. Just, I, I think maintaining control is almost more important than just getting a paycheck because a paycheck's a job.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people are thrown off because podcasting is not as rigid as previous media or media that still exists, but right now, podcasting a lot of people are podcasting a lot of people are discovering it a lot of people are trying to make money from it it's not like radio radio has very specific ways to make money it's not like tv it's, tv has very specific ways to make money it's not even like youtube it's not as streamlined as youtube and i think a lot of people see that or hear those other examples and they think oh podcasting's got to be this really specific way of doing things but i'm telling you no there are no rules the only rules that there are no rules and you just kind of need to be creative with it and willing to experiment and also try things out. Like if you think that there's a great advertiser down the street from you and you podcast in New York city, and uh, you know that a lot of your listeners are in New York city, why not ask that local Joe coffee, Joe's coffee to sponsor your next five episodes.
1: Go ahead. Just ask them for free coffee in exchange for it. Go down there, do an interview. Like just have fun. Just if it's not a business Explore what it's valuable to. It's just like creating art. It's just like having a hobby. It can be a business, but I, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's really neat. And I think that yeah. people just need to be comfortable with it. There's no one way to do it and there's no wrong way to do it. But there's a lot of entitlement that we just kind of right, right. burn off the top there. Because as I yeah. continue to say, the second anybody wants to continue paying me for it sounds profitable, uh, but instead I just play video games or talk about my favorite Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop game, I'll do it but no one will ever pay for that.
0: Right, right. Get weird with it. Try out some weird things. Let us know how those experiments go. I want to get to my main takeaways. I know we just kind of went on a ramp, but I'm very passionate about this because I think people really try to compare podcasting to other forms of entertainment, and it is similar in some ways, but it's very different in terms of monetization, and you can try things out. Please try things out. Let me know how it goes. DM me. I would love to hear from you. Here are my main takeaways. The new Anchor monetization push is interesting because it does a few things for different types of publishers. The first is that it lets people get excited about the possibility of advertising, even if it's not truly in the cards for them. And I think that's okay. So like you and Alvin were saying, you need to have a lot of consistent listeners for however many episodes in order to make $15. Like, that's not really viable. You know, like you said, that's like two coffees at a fancy coffee shop. Yeah. And that's great because you made money and now you can say you made money from your podcast but what is it really doing for you yeah but it lets people get used to the fact that they can make money and that opens the doors for some other people the next is that it gets other folks for whom monetization might be in the cards used to running ads on their shows so just testing out what it means to say this episode is brought to you by whole foods this episode is brought to you by books (laughs) i just looked and saw a book (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> just general books. books. Yeah, it's just like milk association, but for books.
0: Right, exactly. It's a product placement. And then the last is that it lets brands test out running ads for smaller shows and potentially finding topic areas that they, they wouldn't previously have considered. That's a really cool experiment that Anchor can now test out and that brands that are associated with Anchor can now test out with new audiences and discover new people who might be able to be really great representatives for their product.
1: Completely agree.
0: Well, that's all I've got in terms of takeaways. I love that episode. Again, required listening. If you know somebody who has ever said to you, my podcast is great. I chat with my friends about Dungeons and Dragons and I really want to monetize it. And you can tell them, please listen to this episode. You don't necessarily need to monetize it. (laughs) Before we wrap up, here's what's happening this week in the world of podcasting with James Cridland at Pod News. If you want to connect or have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us on social media, at SoundsProfNews, at Brian Barletta, or at Ari This and That on Twitter. Podcast at SoundsProfitable.com for email, or you can reach out to us via the Yappa link in the show's description.
1: This show is recorded with Squadcast, my favorite tool for remote recording. Whether it's video or audio, it covers everything you need and makes it as easy as possible. Please go to Squadcast.fm for a trial. I use it, and I think you will love it.
0: Check out the private feed if you haven't already on Supercast for access to narrated articles and early drops of the interview episodes. There's a link in the episode description now available in Spanish and on Spotify.
1: Thanks to Evo Terra and Ian Powell for their help on this episode.